Got some great stuff to talk about it. And what can I say that you don't already know? I mean, it's why we're all here, right? This story of the birth of Christ, this good news coming to the world, this is why we're here. And if you don't know the story exactly, you know something about it. Because you're all gussied up and out at 11 o'clock on a Christmas Eve. But we've gathered, and it, and it is a joyful time. I got my mic going, the songs, it's just good. It's just good. And no matter what I say, you have the joy of the songs. No matter what I say, you have good food and the, and the communions later. I, it, it's just the complete time of worship. Now, Kyle read from John, and Perhaps John chapter 1 is not the most familiar of Christmas stories. We know some of the imagery that's in John and some of the language finds its way into hymns. But more times than not, we're reading from Luke or from Matthew when it comes to Christmas Eve. John's not concerned with the who and the how. And the details of all of that, Luke gives us the shepherds and the angels and the star. And Luke talks to us about the star and the angels proclaiming to the shepherds and inviting them to the manger. That's Luke, and John doesn't have much to say about it. And then in Matthew, we get the story of the wise men following the star. Probably showed up a year or two after Jesus was born. It took him a while to get there to Bethlehem from probably Persia. Iran, modern-day Iran, but, but we know that story. We know of the wise men and the journey they made and, and the choices they made to protect the Christ child. These are the Gospels and how it came to pass and prophecies fulfilled. And like I said, John is not as concerned with the who and the how. What John wants to share with us is the why. The why of the gospel, the why of the good news, the why of the manger. John wants to invite us to consider the so what of it all. The so what of this greatest story. The so what of the images that we see in Christmas cards and that we hear in songs that that we see in yard art and all of that this time of year. John invites us to step back and think. So what? What difference does it make? What does the story have to say then? What does it have to say now? John, the Gospel of John, was written probably 30 or 40 years after the Gospel of Luke and Matthew and Mark. But Luke and Matthew have the Christmas story for us, or the traditional story. So 30 or 40 years after those first stories were told, John must have been pretty satisfied that people knew what the story was as we do, that people had heard of the, of, of the characters that came and of the news that was proclaimed, and, and that people knew of this, the uniqueness of this birth. John was pretty satisfied that many people, not enough, never enough, but that many people knew the who and the how and the events. John says, so what? So what? And that's our question still to answer. 
The shepherds were beckoned by the star. The shepherds were invited by the angels. The shepherds made their way to the manger to worship the newborn king, to worship the Messiah or Christ child. And John says, so what? Does it make a difference that the lowliest of the low were invited? Absolutely. Does it make a difference to our world that, that those who were disdained, those of the working class, those who had jobs that were smelly and dirty, those who others would disregard far too quickly, those who are often overlooked or discounted, are just not valued? John says, so what to the shepherds? They matter. That's so what. Even the likes of the shepherds, they mattered. They were worthy. They were invited. They were in part of the salvation story of the world. And then Matthew brings us over to the other end of the spectrum. We kind of bookend this story with the lowliest of the low to the most revered of the day. The kings, the wise men, the 1%, the upper class, the educated, these were those that people respected. We had the locals who were shepherds. We had the foreigners who were the wise men. Different language, different culture. And even at the time of the invitation to the manger, a different religion. And guess what? So what? They mattered too. They absolutely mattered. And that means that when Christ, had, or the story has been bookended around the birth of Christ with the lowliest of the low and the most revered, the highest of the high, all invited, all different, locals and foreigners, all asked to come and bend the knee at the manger. And while we have these two extremes, we also know that everybody in between gets an invitation to Everybody in between gets an invitation too, and that is the so what of the manger scene. That is the so what of those who had gathered there. That is the so what that now applies to you and to me. That's our so what. And that's the question that we are continued to be asked and that hopefully we will continue to answer. John has this beautiful poetry, of course, in, in this um, text from verse 1. The light has come into the world to dispel the darkness. That's the so what. Why has the light come? Because the world had become a dark place. And there are still dark places that need the light. A light has come into the world to dispel the darkness. The world had gotten out of hand between the last prophecy of the Messiah and the actual birth of Christ. We estimate there were 400 years when the people had not heard a word from God. They were hungry for it. And they needed it. And they knew that there was a so what behind it. So God did something perhaps very few expected. That word became flesh and dwelt among us, answering the so what, we get invited to be a part. 
we get called and claimed the so what of this light that's come into the world. The so what is that we too get to be part of answering the question of sharing the light. Darkness shall not overcome it when we answer, continue to answer the question of what difference does it all make. You have this beautiful, just right at the end of, of the passage, we read these last few words, and, and I think they are so crucial, again, to who we are. Christ has come into the world and given all who believe in his name, all of us, the power to be the children of God. Power. That's the so what. If we take this seriously, we who have been claimed and invited can also receive the power to go and to share and to offer light and life and grace and truth. We have been called children of God now, not born of blood and flesh, but of the Spirit of God. That's the so what here. And just as the wise men would return to their home and, and just as the shepherds would return back to the fields, we too go forth to whatever it is we encounter when we walk out these doors answering the so what's with our lives. This is the good news 2,000 years later. We get to be a part. Invited and empowered and commissioned and sent. We are the light now to a world that is still too dark and divided a world that still sees us and them on either ends of the spectrum, when Jesus says no to that, God had enough of that. And yet we still play at it. The gospel calls us back, beckons us back, shines the light, invites us to do so as well. One of the most beautiful phrases I've ever heard in any language is this phrase uh, in Spanish, dar la luz. Anybody speak Spanish? Dar la luz. Literally, it means to give light, to offer light. But if you're in a Spanish-speaking country or in a Spanish-speaking group of people and you hear that phrase, it's not literally translated necessarily. Dar la luz means she's giving birth. Think about it. She's giving birth. She's offering light. And that phrase is grounded in this scripture. Every birth, every child, every hope, every possibility, every expectation for light and life and grace and truth. And all of us, the good news is, are called to bear Christ. Are called to offer Christ. Are called to bring light into this world. So what? It's up to you.